The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the L here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday is upon us, a very historically important Monday, and we'll get more into that here in just a moment. We, of course, saw the markets take a drop. Corn, soybeans, and wheat all seeing some lower numbers with some optimism that we would have seen positive after the announcements late last week. Ethan Bruin joins us. He is with Trade Us. And first of all, welcome. It's your first Fontenelle Final Bell. We appreciate you joining us. It is, yes. Thank you for having me, Susan. Well, let's look at these markets because I think there was some hope and optimism last Friday when the announcement came back in at the end of the week that the government was coming back. We were going to see, even if for a short-term three weeks, that we might see some increase in the numbers. Now, today was a quiet day down to the negative side. Are we just kind of taking all this information in with the reopening of the government? Yeah, I think it's, as, as usual, it's a digestive market. And like you mentioned, you know, the fact that the market or the government is going to reopen, it, it is probably going to be short-lived, only having a certainty of three weeks. And as everybody has seen, the way that they're getting along today, you're probably going to assume that it is only going to be a three-week opening. Hopeful that we get some sort of agreement in place to get it longer term. But again, it, it's easy to, to take the negative mindset when it comes to the government right now. Well, we missed one report already, the January 11th report. Now, you were talking about a good uh, a bleed day, shall we say, coming up on Thursday with the release of some very important information. Yep. So Thursday, we're supposed to see uh, kind of catch up on the export data, which, as we all know, on the soybean side especially, exports have been kind of a uh, key to keep us whether ahead or, or behind Right now, we are a ways behind still from USDA projections, but we've had had reports or thoughts, private estimates of anywhere from um, the lower end of the range all the way to the top, 5 million bushels being purchased at one time. So it's just the numbers are kind of sporadic, so it's going to be important to get factual data instead of just the private estimates. So as that information um, becomes available on Thursday, from a producer's perspective, how do you plan to market? Because you know that's going to be an influx of much-awaited information coming to the marketplace. Or do you just sit back and just say, I'll wait till Friday? You know, our model is typically to, you know, be proactive instead of reactive. So if you are, especially on the old crop side, if you've got a number in mind, um, we all have to still realize and, and not forget that we did get us some assistance from the government. So set a target. If you think this market has a potential to move 20, 30 cents, or you want to be as optimistic as possible and set it up near towards limit. Um, again, everybody's going to be different. Set a target, set an order, whether it be with the end user or even just in your hedge account as far as a futures level. But I definitely would suggest having some sort of target in mind. These markets could be 40 cents higher and close lower. You know, we've seen that before. There's a lot of volatility um, when the market, you know, the outcome is unexpected. So I would plan ahead. So do we still expect to have the normal WASDE report coming out February 8th? Again, I would say yes. Um, I think that's all changing probably daily. Once once everybody gets back to work, I really don't think there's a, plan, a proper plan in place. So good things to keep and obviously keep abreast as to what's happening um, with these reports as the data slowly starts to trickle out then. Right, yeah, because I even this morning I did see that Tuesday 
could be a day that they, well, tomorrow could be a day that they release um, the prior USDA data. Kind of frustrating for you guys and frustrating for our grain guys as they, they sit here waiting. There's no real confirmation to when and if anything's going to happen. Right. It, it, it is frustrating, and, and it definitely can be. Um, we try to focus more on a positive mindset and, again, control what we can control. Uh, typically, the, the USDA and the government reports aren't something that are going to be variable, but in the year that they are, we still see the market move. We're still seeing opportunities to the, see the market go up. We've had normal ebbs and flows, ups and downs. So there's still been plenty of opportunities from the producer level. You just have to, again, control your mindset and be, be happy with the opportunities we have. Very positive. As we look at the corn market, speaking of the positive side, it has been demand. How does energies tie into all of this? Um, huge. You know, obviously in the U.S. especially, we're in a pretty big ethanol market. Um, that, that eats up a lot of our corn. And our demand has been slower. We've seen energies uh, kind of sell off to finish the fourth quarter in 2018, but we've seen we've gotten some of that back here to start the first, first quarter in 2019. You know, on, on Monday, you saw energies, crude oil was down anywhere, you know, below ten, or above two bucks, um, knocking down below that $52 range that we haven't seen in a couple weeks. Um, so it, it's it's one of those things where negativity in that market, especially from a fund position, it's going to turn optimism to pe- pessimism pretty quickly. And especially right now with China, another thing on the energy side, you know, China's been a pretty big um, user or they're starting to import some of our byproducts. And with their economy also weaker today on top of energies, it kind of takes a little bit of that optimism out of the core market. And, and looking at the corn, before we move on to the next uh, commodity, the way the weather has been, and I'm sure this is going to affect soybeans as well, just not a lot of movement. Guys don't want to be out there moving grain when the winds are as bad as they are across the Midwest. Right, and and it seems like there's there's two different producers when it comes to weather. There's the guys that they see that short-term uh, basis premium and rain or shine, freeze, snow, it doesn't matter. They're going to get out and they're going to try their darndest to take advantage of it. Uh, the majority, though, of the market, like you said, Susan, they're going to sit tight and give it a two-day window uh, to wait and see the, the weather market clear up. Before we head to break, a two-sided trade action. Is that how we kind of started the soybeans for this week? It is, yeah. We saw some selling here, especially on your on your Monday morning. And a lot of that, again, I think was strictly just pessimism from the government reopening being shorter. Um, there's a lot of USDA data on the export side to come out Thursday, and I think the market expects those to be negative. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell for a Monday. We'll continue to look at the grain side and look what's happening on the livestock side as well. Ethan Bruin is joining us with Trados. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. A Monday upon us as Ethan Brulin joins us. He is with Trados, and I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. Finish up on the grain side, and I want to talk a little bit about, I think, really South American weather. How has it been affecting the grains, both from a corn and a soybean perspective? It's It's been drastic, as usual. The The beauty of the, the global market, typically, you know, January and February was a pretty slow time frame for the U.S. commodities, but... The ability for South America to produce a crop has really added a lot of volatility in. So it's been huge. You know, they've been too dry, too wet in a lot of places. And, and like you talked about this more or earlier, 
Uh, we kind of sold off this morning on soybeans, and that also was led by a little bit of more moisture adding into Brazil. So that weather outlook is definitely going to be paid a lot of attention to, and right now it's starting to creep a little bit more positive, um, but it's still in a, in a negative state. You look at the, the, the weather on there, and obviously their harvest is getting underway. We've been fortunate. I know I've talked to a couple of our commodity guys about this. We've been really fortunate to get some number information coming out of South America compared to, obviously, with our government shutdown that has been in place and the tight lip on what we've seen for number possibilities. We have, and I think, you know, it was one of those things initially that was expected to be another record crop, and that quickly changed as their weather changed and as we continue to see harvest progress the beauty of south america their harvest lasts three or four months um you know it's they were this year they were early they started in december probably going to be going out until march so yeah we'll continue to see data um released and the market will be able to trade that you know confidently the brazilian real it saw another drop today how does that affect our traders um, as always, especially from a, strictly just from an op- optimism, you look at the whole economy as a general. China is kind of, again, weaker. The real was lower. So it, from a demand standpoint, export, import, um, that's a drastic thing to look at as far as whether it want to be China looking at our product and looking at South America or just the funds trying to base where they want to be positioned day in and day out. Switching over, let's jump to the livestock side, and, and you brought up a good point during the commercial break. As we look at this cattle market, cash was weak last week. Uh, did see a bit of a turnaround for a Monday, but we got to keep that optimism in place for the cattle. We do, and, and really optimism right now is strictly led from, from my opinion, two things. Cash has been disappointing the last two, three weeks, but... Uh, the weather outlook, that the weather we're living right now and the outlook is definitely a supporter on the cattle side. And demand has been above normal and expected to be above normal here through the first quarter. I've been talking to a lot of guys that are in the sale barns or selling calves or trying to background, background those animals. And weights are lower. And that's something that we can't just change overnight or over a week or a month. So right now, again, that's pounds or, or meat that we will not get back. And it's showing some optimism and some reluctancy, in my opinion, in this February and April markets. No surprise. It just seems to be the trend as of lately that we won't see any cash probably till Thursday, Friday this week. Right. You, you, you've seen, you know, you kind of see some early trade, but a lot of those sometimes are smaller producers or some specialty cattle. Um, we've all kind of realized that if you want to try and get um be in good negotiation standing with a packer you got to wait until thursday or friday which is sometimes hard for especially for the hedger come after a friday close there's been a lot of cattle that have traded in that time frame look at the hogs um ethan is there some nervousness going on within this trade activity as they look at exports especially with the negotiations in china not moving along as quickly as some would like there is, and, and that's kind of been a bottom feeder. That hog market's been trying to find lows, and it seems like it's a lower, lower every day, lower low every day. Um, but with some positivity in the U.S. and China trade agreement, you would think that that market has the ability to, to kind of not, I wouldn't even say rally, but at least find us some support. The African sw- swine fever is still um, something to pay attention to and still a positive in the market, and we won't know how big of an issue that will that is for a while. As we get ready to head, like you said in the first half, we've got such an influx of information that's going to be coming. I wonder if you could take the, the last of this part of the show to, to talk about what you want producers to be able to focus on 
both grain and livestock because you know livestock's closely going to be watching this grain trade as we move into the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of unfortunately fits right into our business model. You know, we try and help the producer market completely non-emotionally. And the fact that these markets are, are closed, the government's closed, so you're starting to see month-old data come into the market, it adds a lot of emotions and a lot of unnecessary volatility into the market. So like I said before, it probably doesn't change our model much. Um, so that's just one thing to try and look at. Don't focus on what your mind is telling you. Focus on what your farm needs from a break-even standpoint. And really what the market does is irrelevant as long as you get the opportunity um, to match those up to your farm. Excellent. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Ethan, at Trados and the rest of the crew? Yeah, absolutely. You can call us uh, anytime at 402-858-7501. Um, we really do try and play a big role in social media, so follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Snapchat, whatever else there is, we're probably on there. Well, thanks so much. That is the Fontenelle final bell for you today, being brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the World Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.